Those welcome, watching rather from home, we welcome you as well. Any first-time visitors here today? Can you just raise your hand? First-time visitors? Amen. Thank you. Yeah, praise the Lord. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. What a joy to have you guys with us. Well, church, I hope you're ready to celebrate. I know we we celebrate the resurrection, right? Every single day of our life, every Sunday, every Wednesday when we get together. But today is the day that we get together collectively as a body. And we say, today is the big celebration where the church at large with a capital C gets together worldwide. And we do it, and we do it big to let them know what he has done for us. Amen? Father, we invite you into this place, Lord. We welcome you, Lord, and we thank you for what you're doing, Heavenly Father. We celebrate it. We give you the glory. We give you the praise, Lord. Receive our worship, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Our first-time visitors, we love you. We thank you for being with us. Why don't we just greet one another as we prepare our hearts for worship. Amen. We worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who
Saved us. 
Will you give him your thanks this morning? Say thank you. Thank you for the way that you love us. How you love us. Oh, come on, sing it. that's why we are here today celebrating the gift of Jesus Christ and his blood and what he's done for you. Just take a moment and think of all the things that the blood has washed white in your life and lift up a grateful praise to the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I just thank you, Lord, because you were so good. So, so good.
to share that victory with us, God. We thank you so much, Lord. We know we, Lord, we have sinned against you in thought and word and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone, God. Yet you looked at us and you did the most for us, God. And now when you look at us, you see the righteousness of Christ in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for your blood. Thank you for your life, God. Thank you for your resurrection because in your resurrection, we have life today in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Heavenly Father, right now, we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are probably having Easter that looks a little differently than ours, God. Our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, God, and even in Russia, God. We pray that you be with them, God, and remind them of your resurrection. Remind them of your power that is still active today, God. You are still changing lives in the name of Jesus, God. And thank you, Lord, because you've brought so many people in today, God. So many people in who are searching for you. And Heavenly Father, I believe today they can find their new beginning. And Lord, there's people here who they've known you, God, but they need more of you, God. And even in that, there is life and life to the fullest, God. Heavenly Father, reveal yourself to us more and more. And make our hearts grateful and glad. Fill us with your spirit, God. Continue to just work in us. Help us to see you more clearly. Love you more dearly. And follow you more nearly day by day. It's in your precious and holy name we pray, God. Amen. Church, why don't we take a seat as we prepare our hearts for communion this morning. Happy Easter and Happy Resurrection Day. 
I bless you. Thank you for being here. As we get ready for communion, there's a scripture right before in Corinthians. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, Whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man or all of us examine ourselves, and so let us eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Let's just for just a minute just pray and ask the Lord to prepare our hearts as we receive communion. given us, Lord. For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took the bread take the bread and when he had given thanks Father we thank you we thank you Jesus for the broken body that you gave up for us we thank you for your body he broke it and he said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same way, he took the cup also. After supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Our Father and our God, and in Jesus' name, through your Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that we remember you, Father. We remember you, Jesus. We thank you that we were able to take a communion with you. We love you, we worship you, we praise you, and we thank you, asking it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with us, church? Just continue to worship. Sing it. You took my place, laid inside my tomb of sin. You were buried for three days, but then you rose right out again. 
First question, how did you end up at New Beginnings Church? I was invited by a family member, invited me to come and just check it out, even though I was a literal Satanist at the time. So I ended up at New Beginnings. Someone had invited me in the family, and little to know that this was going to be my, my home church. I was in a state of dismay, living in all my sin, glorifying it as much as possible. My life was beyond critical condition, to say the least. I was broken, and I was 
doing lots of drugs, drinking a lot of alcohol. In that time, I was dealing with a lot of hardship, depression, anger, really bad anxiety. I was also dealing with an addiction. My addiction started really young. I was nine years old when I started. By the time I was 15, I was doing hard drugs. My life was just spiraling down, and that's what I was going through. Literally had a death wish, suicide attempts, many of them under my belt. I mean, literally in shambles. Couldn't stay in a place. It got to the point where I ended up being on the streets. See, on the hill of Calvary, my Savior bled for me. My Jesus set me free. Look at the wounds and gave me life. Grace flowing from his side, no greater sacrifice. What he's done, what he's done. All the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I praise God for what He's done. And uh, where was your life at at that moment? Since coming to New Beginnings, my life has been repaired. I have a career field. I have literally had a new beginning since coming to New Beginnings. Since I started attending New Beginning, I've experienced a lot of love and encouragement from my pastors, my leaders. I, I've experienced a home, a family. So right now, I'm serving in the security team. Me and, and Josh are the lead of Men's Breakfast. And so that, just me serving in my church helped me to really connect to my church and to the community. I serve as a security team member. I'm a co-ministry leader of the men's ministries and serve sometimes with the kids and my wife because she serves in that department as well. I'm also uh, a mentor for the men's home under his construction to some of the guys and I feel like that's my calling is to, to mentor these guys and, and, and encourage them. I would say with the bondages that I had before and now I'm free from anxiety. I don't deal with anxiety no more. I experience all types of freedom through Christ. Financial freedom, spiritual freedom. It's overwhelming to think of how much freedom there actually is in Christ. This year, November, uh, I'm going to have seven years. I prayed for a family and God gave me a family. I got my beautiful wife, Alicia. And I got my three girls, Jasmine, Nevaeh, Natalie, and here in July, we're going to be welcoming our, our first son. I'm really excited about that, and I give all glory to God. See, for the freedom he has won, even death is dead and done, his life is overcome. Oh, see. Say the name above all names Over every broken place He is risen from the grave What is done What is done All the glory and the honor to the Son My sins are forgiven My future is held He's done.
glorious time in his presence. Amen. Amen. Let's never forget what he's done. He's transformed lives. He set people free like Josh and Bethel transparently opened up their lives and said, man, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Man, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you've been overwhelmed with, but I want you to know that Jesus Christ rose from the dead to set us free. Amen? He transforms lives. He changes hearts. We want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you to this Resurrection Sunday where we are celebrating Easter and what Jesus Christ did for us. For all of you watching online, thank you for joining us, whether you're across the city or across the world. For those of you in the overflow room, we love you. We're right there with you. Even though we can't be there physically, I'm right there, and we have you right here with us. We love you guys. There's a lot of brokenness, a lot of emptiness. People are going through very challenging times. 
Some of you, the last time you came in this building, it was a nightclub. And you were cheating on your wife or cheating on your husband. And now you're walking in here going, oh my gosh, man, I can't believe it's a church because I need a church. I feel guilty. I feel broken. I feel like, man, how messed up was I? Some of you are carrying guilt from your past. Some of you are saying, is there any meaning to life? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the future. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how to deal with it. I haven't found the meaning of life for me, and, and, and I'm working so hard to try to get to heaven, and I work and work and work, and it seems like the harder I work, the worse I get, and just forget it. But I'm here to tell you that the word of God is promising to us. It gives us hope in the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. It says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transformed us into the kingdom of his dear son (coughs) who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray you minister to us. I pray that, God, we can really learn to experience the freedom that Jesus Christ offers, that we can live in that freedom and really have victory. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Jesus sets people free, amen? If you've been set free, say amen. Amen. You hear all that? A lot of you have been set free. Some of you are saying, I want to be free. I don't know how to be free. I'm just tangled up because guilt is killing me. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. The things I want to do, I don't do. What's wrong with me? The apostle Paul talked about that. He said, the things I want to do, I don't do. And he says, this wretched man, what's wrong with me? Who could save me? Only God. Only God. And Jesus sets us free. He really offers us freedom. And the first thing I want to say is that Jesus sets us free from the guilt of our past. From the guilt of our past. Do you understand that guilt eats people away? People have ulcers. They have anxiety. They have insomnia. They have eating disorders. They have digestive problems. They have all kinds of issues because of guilt. Guilt that haunts them, stuff that happened years and years and years ago and some that just might have happened this morning. And you feel broken and you feel like there's no hope and you feel like you don't really know what to do, how to do it, when to do it. You don't even know how to get to where you need to be and you don't even know how you ended up here this morning. Someone invited you and you said, I don't even know if what's the use And I'm here to tell you there is a use. God wants to touch your life and set you free from your past guilt and from that thing that haunts you. Those things that you've done, those things that you're not proud of, those things that you don't know how to release, those things that you're just saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to deal with this. In the book of Ephesians chapter one, verse seven, it says, he meaning God is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Aren't you glad we've been forgiven? Aren't you glad he has forgiven our sins? Aren't you glad he has set you free? See, if you don't know that, 
Then you're walking around with this shame and this guilt and this, this oppression that has you beat down and you just can't think straight because you know you messed up and, and it's, it's constantly being come up. This conviction is overwhelming. And some of you, you finally confessed it to God, but people think that they have a gift and they have the ministry of reminding you of your past. Haven't you ever met people like that? They still call you, hey, Grifo. Grifo means, hey, pothead. Hey, you, and, and they call you by your sin the way you used to live, but you're no longer that, but they still hurl it in your face and they throw it at you. And sometimes in the middle of an argument, your wife will just go low and boom, she gives you that knockout punch and throws your past at you. And your husband throws it at you or your parents to your children and children to your parents. And, and, and that, that past continues to haunt you and it overwhelms you. And you think, I don't know if I could ever be set free. I've been guilty as charged. But don't you know that God drops the charges? Don't you know, look what he says in Colossians chapter two, verse 14. He says, he canceled the record of the charges against you and took it away by nailing it to the cross. I mean, think about it. You go to court, you did something really bad, you killed somebody, or you got caught DUI or dealing or, or embezzling, or, or you got caught uh, uh, getting in a fight and assault and battery and whatever it is. And you go to court tomorrow, and the judge goes, now what's your name? Richard, Richard Mansfield? Well, I don't know why you're here because all your charges have been dropped. Your charges have been cleared up. Jesus Christ took them to the cross. Jesus Christ paid for them. Some of you are saying, I hope that happens to me in court tomorrow. (laughs) Man, but God does. He drops the charges. He doesn't keep throwing them in your face. He has set you free. He's released you of this pain. He's released you of your crazy life. He's released you of the pain you caused others or even yourself. But yet you don't know that and you keep walking in that guilt and you walk in that shame and you walk in that that bound moment that the devil has you bound and, and you're in a cage and you're walking around with this ball and chain wrapped around your ankle and you're just saying, When am I ever going to be set free? You see, when you come to Christ and he finally sets you free, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, that there's no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. So someone might throw it at you, but Jesus says, whoa, 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 stop that. That those charges have been dropped. He's been forgiven. She's been forgiven. Quit throwing that in their face because you know what? What? The devil meant for harm, I turned around for good and I've raised them up and I've turned them around and their life has been transformed. And that's what it is trusting in him. That's what it is when you're set free. That's what it is when you put your hope and trust in the Lord because he sets you free from the guilt of your past. Not only does he set us free from the guilt of our past, but Jesus sets us free from the worry of our future, the worry about tomorrow. People worry, 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 worry. Worry, worry, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to... Some of you were all stressed out last night. What am I going to wear to church tomorrow? What am I going to wear? 
oh my gosh, I don't know. And, and, and you put on a shirt, hun, how do I look at this? And that was the guys freaking out. <laughs> Let alone the women. We're not gonna ask how many outfits you put on, but women, I'll bet you, you put on at least four. And you ended up with the first one you put on. It's like, why'd you put us through all that? What am I gonna wear? What am I gonna wear? What am I gonna do? I hope no one else has this dress. Oh my gosh, how embarrassing if they have a dress like me. Oh, I, I'll just have to leave. It's like we're, we're worried about so many things. Worry, worry, worry. Some of you are worried right now. I hope this pastor hurries up and shuts up because we got a brisket and a ham in the oven. We're worried it's going to burn. We're worried about this. We're worried about that. Somebody sent me this this morning. This married couple had gone to Israel. They went to the Holy Land. And the mother-in-law wanted to go. And the son-in-law was like, all right, you could come, swig it up. So they go to the Holy Land and she dies. The mother-in-law dies in the Holy Land. And he tells his wife, man, your mom died. My gosh, that's horrible. She goes, yeah, we ought to just bury her here. It's only $150. He goes, well, how much is it if we take her home? It's $5,000 to ship her back home. He goes, I'm paying $5,000. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know you loved my mom that much. He goes, I don't, but last time, 2,000 years ago, a man died, and three days later, he came back to life. (laughs) Thank you. You see, worry, worry, worry. I don't want to come back into life. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Worry, worry, worry. Some of you are all stressed out. You're all stressed out. You didn't know if you were going to make it through yesterday, and here you are. You, you worry about things that you don't need to be worried about. You need to release your, your fear. You need to release the, 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 the fear of the unknown. You're worried about things that you have no control over. And the things you do have control over, then you don't do anything about it. Well, quit just sitting there and going, golly, I could do something, but I don't want to do something. So there I am all fed up and worrying. Do something about it. And if you can't do anything about it, then give it to the Lord and say, you know what? This drives me nuts. I can't do anything about it. So I'm going to give it to you. So you worry about it for me, Lord. Because I'm not going to worry anymore. You see, I've got to release it in First Peter chapter two, verse. I mean, chapter one, verse two. It says, "God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and His Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace." And peace. Because when you have that more grace and peace, you finally quit living in guilt and you quit living in shame and you quit living in worry and you have peace, the kind of peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, some of us didn't even really know we were poor when we were young, right? Like, I never, I, I, I would have never said I was poor. Yet I look back and I go, man, there was seven of us in my family. That's kind of my mom and dad. And we lived in a one-bedroom house when we were kids. And I remember the living room 
And then what was supposed to be the dining room, they turned into a bedroom for my two older sisters. And, and they, so they put a curtain, because there was no door going into the dining room. It was just, so they put a curtain up there, and they put another curtain going into the kitchen. So if you wanted to go to the kitchen, you had to go through their bedroom. And then what was the utility room, they put bunk beds in there. My, old, my sister above me, she slept above me, and I slept down below. And then my mom and dad had my little brother in there with them. We only had one bathroom with four girls or women in the house. Man. So we went outside even if we didn't have an outhouse. <laughs> and, you, and, and you just ate, you know, we never starved. I look back, we ate. Cabbage, did you guys ever have cabbage with weenies? Some of you did, yeah. You know, and you had just simple stuff. It wasn't all fancy. It was, but you know what? We were never hungry. We always had something to eat. Sometimes there's times I miss cabbage with weenies. <laughs> Come on, some of you eat fried bologna, Amen. I don't know if this is true. Somebody told me put peanut butter on it. I go. I haven't tried it yet. I, I guarantee you I'm going to try it. And I'll let you know if I live through it, I'll come back and let you know. But we didn't know. Look, yet yeah, we worry, 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 worry. Paul the apostle's in prison and he's writing these words in the book of Philippians chapter 4. And starting at verse 12, he says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little, because I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. See, God carries us through, yet we worry, 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 worry. We need to quit worrying. We need to release it to the Lord. He can set you free of that. He can set you free of, of your guilt. He can set you free of your worry. And you know what else he can set us free? Jesus sets us free from our meaningless lives. How many times did you go through life wondering, what is life all about anyway? Why on earth am I even here? I'm so dumb, I do dumb things, I don't know anything. I, 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 and here I have a college graduate, I'm a college graduate, and I still don't know anything. And I, here I have my master's and I'm still lost and I have my doctorate and I don't even know what to do. And Haven't you ever been there? Where you have educated yourself and you've gotten free, yet you're still all messed up. I loved what Josh said on the video. He said, I came to this church I had tried to take my life on more than one occasions because his life was meaningless. He tried to take his life and he, he didn't even succeed at that. And all of a sudden he comes to Christ and he finds out, oh my gosh, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I need to get my act together. And he went off to school and, and he became a licensed electrician and now heads a whole entire crew and he's one of the leads of the company he works for. God gave him purpose, gave him direction, gave him victory. You see, you and I need that. Beto had made a chain of events. Since nine years old, he started doing drugs. That's scary. 
That's why you've got to stay on top and watch your kids. I don't know if you just saw, they legalized marijuana now. And the other day, a, a, a junior high kid or elementary kid rather took marijuana gummy worms to school. And he passed them out to about 14 kids and they had to go pump out their stomachs. Young kids. They get started young and they, they, because they have no meaning, they have no direction. They have not been taught what to do and how not to do it. That's what we need. Jesus redirects your life. He lets you know you matter. He lets you know you're good for something. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, this is one of my favorite verses. He sees right there. For you are God's masterpiece. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're God's masterpiece. Now don't say you're a Picasso, all weird. <laughs> yeah, you're out there, all right. <laughs> you're God's masterpiece. He has created you anew in Christ. He's created you anew in Christ Jesus. So that you can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He, he planted things for your life. He directed things in your life. He set things in place so that you could truly carry out these things. And when you come to know Christ, you finally have purpose and direction and you feel like, thank you, Lord. I'm not here to just take up space. I'm here to be used of you for your glory. I've shared my story, but... My first language was Spanish. I didn't know English going to kindergarten and first grade. So it was real challenging. And English is a hard language to learn because you can look at a letter and it could be all kinds of stuff. Where in Spanish, your vowels are always A-E-I-O-U, A-E-O-U, always. They never change. In English, it's A-A-E-O. You're like, oh my God. That's just a letter A. I learned the vowels like this, like a cholo. E, I owe you, eh? <laughs> that's all messed up. Huh? Some of you are going, oh, that's right, he owes me, man. But, and I've, I, I've always talked a lot. My dad said, you were nine months old when you started talking and you never shut up since. <laughs> He'd always tease me about that. I've shared my story that in the seventh grade, I had this amazing teacher. She really poured into my life, brought me out of my shell. And, but I would always talk and I wouldn't, you're supposed to raise your hand. I wouldn't raise my hand. I would just blurt out the answers and and. And if somebody was giving an answer, I'd add commentary to it because they, they didn't say it as good as I thought they should have. So she would go, Richard, quit talking when someone else is talking. Richard, quit talking when Richard, get up on the board and write. I will not talk while someone else is talking 25 times. So there I am. But I would still talk. I'd blurt out the answers. She'd go, oh my gosh, 20, 50 times, 75 times, 100 times. One time I kept talking and talking and talking. I had to write, I will not talk while someone else is talking a thousand times. Good thing I had it in good with a lot of girls 
and 10 girls wrote 100 times each. I turned them into the teacher. Why is the handwriting all different? My hand got tired. Not only did I talk a lot, I lied. But now God has used that gift to be able to help people. You see, I love this verse. This is one of my life verses right here in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. For my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord. Jesus has assigned the task to me and to you. Our life isn't meaningless. It says the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. That's why I do what I do. I love what I do. My wife said, do you think you'll ever retire? I go, no, I'll I'll step down from being the pastor someday. But I'm never going to quit talking about Jesus. I love talking about Jesus. I know what he's done for me. I know how he's forgiven my past. He's forgiven my sins. He's freed me from the guilt of the shame I had. He's given me purpose and he's given me meaning and he set me free from worrying. I, I love talking. Look, I'll, I'll be, I go into Albertson's next door and, and, and I'll be in there and I'll be walking there with my basket and sometimes I look into someone's eyes, a man or a woman, and you can see the brokenness. And I'll just stop and I go, excuse me, I don't mean to intrude in your life, but you look really overwhelmed. Would you mind if I just say a short prayer with you? Now, no one has ever told me straight out, andale mi totero, hey, busy. <laughs> Mr. Busybody, who do you think you are? But you know what? Every single person I've asked if I could pray with them, they've told me yes. And I don't embarrass them. I've heard some people pray in public. They think God's deaf. I was at a restaurant one time and somebody on the totally opposite side of the restaurant, when their food got there, he stood up and he said, Dear Jesus, bless that food I'm about to receive. I felt like saying, shut up and quit embarrassing yourself. I, I pray for our food. I pray for it for a lot of reasons. One, God, I, I, I know what, I, I've had little and I've had a lot. And I also don't know what they do in the kitchen. God bless this food, nourish and strengthen my body. God, please, if they drop the steak on the floor, I pray it was a three-second rule, God, please. I don't know what they do back there. So that's why I pray, God, man. But hear me. I've been in line before. I talk to the clerk, I pray with her, and then people behind me in the line go, would you pray with me? They don't even let me go to the express line anymore because I don't take, I'm not quick. They're going, look, get get over there. Now, that part's exaggerated, but. But I I don't, I don't, I I just say a short 10-second prayer. I'll say, Lord, this woman, Lord, this man seems so overwhelmed. Please comfort him with the peace of your love. I pray power in Jesus' name, amen. That's it. And they go, thank you. Someone crying their head off and because God visited them. It wasn't me. But see, God has put meaning in my life. 
He's put meaning in your life. You need to open your eyes and see what is it God wants you to do. What does he want you to be? He shows us that. He frees us from the meaningless, minimal part of our life. And we really, God, he turns us around and he sets us free. These two guys opened up their heart on the screen, Josh and Bethel. And now God is using them mightily to influence and challenge other men to walk right with God. And it brings me to the fourth thing I want to say is that Jesus sets us free from having to earn our way to heaven. Some people are, I'll never get to heaven. I'll never, I'm not a good person. I try, I try, I try. I try to be good and I'm not good. I don't know what's wrong. I'm no good. You know what? Just forget it. I'm no good for nothing. All I am is a total mess up. I just mess everything up. That's not true. You might mess some things up, but God sets you free. He straightens things out. See, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden and tired and weary, who need rest. And what he was talking about there, the context is he was saying, All of you that are exhausted with religion, all of you that are exhausted with man-made efforts to get to God, all of you that are exhausted from trying to do it on your own strength, come unto me because I will set you free. I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You're going to be able to do it because I did it for you. You couldn't do it on your own. As good as you want to be and as good as you think you are, you're still not that good. There's only one, the Bible says there's only one that's good and that's God. God is good and the rest of us, man, we are good only by the righteousness of Jesus Christ when you give your life to him. Then he sees you as good. Other than that, he sees your sin and we're just messed up. We are messed up. As beautiful as you all look today, you all look amazing. Most of you always look amazing. A few of you, eh, you need some help. You know, <laughs> that's so messed up. You're like, Ituke, what about you? See, we try to look good. But when we look in the mirror, we see our brokenness. We see our emptiness and we say, I, I can't do it on my own. Yet look what Jesus says in the book of Colossians chapter two, verse 20. You have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world? You've been set free from that. So quit trying to measure up. Quit trying to do it on your own. Quit trying to do it. uh, I'll do this and do that and do that and do this. You know what? God wants us to do good, but he wants us to put our faith in him. You see in the book of Romans chapter four, verse four through five, it says when people work, their wages are not a gift, but they don't give you your check at work and go, oh, here's a gift we wanna give you. No, you worked and earned it. It says when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. Verse five says, but people are counted as righteous and not because of their work, but because of the faith in God who forgives sinners. 
So he's saying, when you work, you get a paycheck and you've earned that. But let me tell you something. When you're a sinner, (laughs) the only thing you've earned is death. In the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So he's given us life. He's given us a new hope. So look, I don't know if you feel entrapped by the guilt of your shame, of your sin, and you can't seem to get past your past. Or I don't know if it's, it's that you're constantly worried and going, I don't know, God said he forgives me. I don't feel forgiven. I don't feel forgiven. Sometimes you just don't feel it, but it's there. I've talked to women that are pregnant. Sometimes they go, I don't even know. I, like, I don't feel pregnant. And other days they go, oh, I feel pregnant. (laughs) Sometimes we feel forgiven and other days we don't feel forgiven. But we are forgiven whether we feel it or not because by faith he has transformed our lives. So he set us free from our past. He's set us free from our worry. He's set us free from our meaningless lives. And he has set us free from trying to work our way into heaven. He's given us this freedom. He's given us this hope. He's given us this new beginning. He's given us this moment where you and I come to terms with it and we look Jesus straight in the eye and we say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. I need a savior. And some of you have never made that decision. You've never made that decision. And today is your day. You're going, oh my gosh. I was talking to somebody Friday night. My wife and I went out to dinner and the owner comes to our church and he goes, my son's been coming to church with us. I go, that's awesome. And he goes, when I invited him, I said, son, I think you'll like this guy. This guy's just kind of down to earth, talks normal language. And it sounds like he's talking just to you. It sounds like it's just the pastor and you in the sanctuary. And I go, that's what you told him? He goes, yeah. And I go, well, when I meet your son, I'm going to tell him, your dad has told me everything about you and I've been preaching just to you. (laughs) You see, God has a way of doing that. If that was the case, can you imagine? I would get 1,200 transcripts a week. And I'd have to preach to you, 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 to you. God says what we need to hear. And today, he's inviting you to become a son or a daughter. If you have never received Jesus Christ, you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins, you've never asked him to come into your life, and you want to do that today, would you raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Anybody here today? Raise your hand. Praise God. Anyone else? Just say, that's me, Pastor. I, God, I, I've been wanting this, and today's my day. I want to be forgiven, set free from my past guilt, free from my worry and fear, free from a meaningless life, and free from trying to score points with God. I'm just going to trust Him. So if you raise your hand, would you stand with me? Those of you that raised your hand, Stand up because we're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God to strengthen you. We're going to believe God to help you. Man, we love you. We're cheering because we were there. Would all of you say this prayer with these 
wonderful people that have trusted God today say, all of us, let's say, and you all that stood up say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Today, I want to be set free from my past guilt, from my worry and fear, from trying to work my way into heaven, from having a meaningless life. Would you reveal to me the meaning of my life? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, praise God. What, can I give you a hug? Would it be okay if I just if you come up here? I want to I want to just give you a hug and say thank you Jesus for what he's doing. Man, what a joy. Anyone else? Anyone else? We want to celebrate. I know some of you in the overflow room, they're going to take you over to where Pastor Eddie's at. We're celebrating with you over there. We're celebrating with what God is doing. God is doing a work. Those of you at home, tell someone in the room with you, say, I just made that decision. Pray with one another. And if you're all by yourself, well, then we want to pray for you and we want to encourage you and we hope that you can make it here one of these days. But some of us have already given our life to Jesus and we've already confessed our sin and, and, and we still feel like we're trapped. And you feel like, God, what's wrong with me? I, I, I keep going backwards. Instead of two step forward and one back, I, I go one step forward and three back. I'm further than when I started. God, I need your strength. I need your help. I need your goodness. I need your mercy. So if you're at that point in your life that you really need God to do something and to really help you be free and to release all your anxiety, you might've been told you have cancer. I've been told that before. Every six months, I have to go get checked again. But I'll never forget when my dad had cancer. I go, Dad, quit dying from cancer. Start living with cancer. You need to live, Dad. Live until you die. And he went, wow, son, what a revelation. Because he had already quit. He had already started dying. I said, you live, live until you die. I don't know what you're facing. Maybe your husband walked out on you and you're all stressed. Your wife walked away and you're all bummed out. Your kids are lost. You're, I, don't, I don't know what you're going through. But today, if you want prayer, would you bring it up to the altar? There's people that want to pray with you. Would all of you stand with me so we could just lean on the Lord? and release it to him. Feel free to come on up if you want prayer. There's a lot of people that are going to pray with you and they're just going to hug on you. And if you want to be hugged, if you don't want to be hugged, tell them, I don't want to be hugged. But, but listen to me. Release your pain. Release your anxiety. Release your fear. Release it all to the Lord right now. As we sing this song of hope, a song of love. Fire of God, fall within, Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we 
truly poured out a spirit upon us. And he's ministering to you right now. <clears throat> and just because you did not come to the altar doesn't mean that you haven't been at an altar. Right where you're standing. So Heavenly Father, we believe that Jesus Christ is definitely who he claimed he was. The Son of God, our Savior, our Messiah. Father God, you proved it by raising from the dead. Jesus Christ, we thank you for dying for us on the cross. Father God, we want to personally get to know you. We love you, but today we want to get to know you better than we ever have before. And Father God, I pray from this day forward, we will trust you to set us free from the past. When the devil throws our past in our face, we're going to throw his future in his. He's going to spend all of eternity in hell. But right now, he's trying real hard to take me there with him. Father God, I've been set free today. So God, thank you for the freedom you've given us from the guilt of our past, from the worry about tomorrow, from trying to just make sense out of nothing when we have finally received Christ. He's made us everything. And Father God, we're going to trust you with faith to get us to heaven. We love you. We thank you. I thank you for everyone in this room, in this building, and everyone watching online. We pray victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Easter to you. Stop by our photo booth. Take a picture with your family there. Make sure that you stop by and love on one another. God bless you. Your friends.